Okay, we are live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thanks again for tuning in to Police Off the Cuff After Hours. My name is Mark DeMeo. I'm your host. I'm here with my partner in all things law enforcement, the very handsome Bill Cannon. What's up, Bill? Looking forward to tonight's show. We got a real uh, gamer on, you know. Guy's got more credentials than you and me put together. I know. Yeah, this is gonna this is gonna take a minute, folks. But he can't tell any jokes, though. He has no jokes. <laughs> he's got jokes. We'll, we'll lose. I got him. jokes. Uh, he's uh, he's a former army captain, served in Iraq. He's a former special agent with the Department of Homeland Security. Right now, he's a nationally recognized expert on homeland security and the border. He has a book entitled "Unwavering: A Border Agent's Journey," and he is the host of a very popular sh show called The Protectors. Let's welcome Dr. Jason Piccolo, folks. Jason, is it, is it Piccolo or Piccolo? It's Piccolo, just like Brian Piccolo. Brian, Brian we talked about that. The yeah, Bears, yeah, yeah. The Bears' great running back. Remember, Brian's song was the yeah. Well, here's a funny, I do have, well, it's not really a joke. So uh, my wife's an FBI, you know, hey, you know what, we'll give them a little, we'll give them their, their props for some of the stuff they've done. But uh, she goes to Philadelphia and her like the whole time we've been married, 20 something years, they're always talking about Brian Piccolo. She's always like, "You are you related to Brian Piccolo? And she's like, no. She goes to Philly and the first thing the FBI uh, supervisor says to her is, are you related to uh, Tony the Buck Piccolo? <laughs> he used to run the <laughs> run one of the mobs in uh, Philly. Uh -huh. And she's like, uh, no. So we start Googling Tony the Buck Piccolo. It's like, oh, my gosh, here we go. Maybe he's one of my uncles or something like that from Brooklyn. Yeah, only I could screw that up. I actually uh, <laughs> I'm friends with a comic. Her name is Capone, the last name. And for some reason, I call her Capone, so that's stuck. Um, I don't know <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you when it comes to last names, but. I hear an echo. Yeah, it was my phone was on. That's all right. I turned it off. Bill likes to listen to himself while he's on the air. He likes no, to I, I follow the live chat on my phone so I can tell how many people are he in listens, the live chat. His, that's why he wears the headphones. He listens to his voice yeah. after he talks just so you can see, wow, I sound so great. <laughs> <laughs> so um, where are you? I'm in right outside of D.C. and literally in my basement. So uh, uh, this is my nice basement basin. thing. Yeah, it's nice. I got a – I can't complain. You know, I used to is do it in like an open really area. Background or is that a green screen? No, it's really the background. I'll give you a little. There's my. Uh, oh, that, that's a nice wood over there. Yeah, I did it myself when I when well, I had. Look at the light on the wall there. Oh wow! Got some lever action. It's, you know what? It's a lever action life. I'm a big fan of lever actions. <laughs> you, know? you know, you're following the long line of people who are doing better than me. So uh, that's <laughs> another thing that Bill does great. He books people that have uh, do doing a lot better than me. I'm no, no, this is a uh, this is an right old. Now. This is a '70s house, and this used to be a uh, like a, a dark room. And I ripped it out, had like the '70s carpet in here, and I found some some stuff. Did it all myself. Had my daughter out here uh, knocking it, knocking nails, and doing everything else. So it was really you guys are where it's at now. The police. I could talk about the police all day long. You guys like the NYPD. Come on, <laughs> there we are. That's the real deal. We, we had the good fortune of serving on uh, a police department that's highly recognized, probably the most recognized police department in the world. A lot of TV shows based on it. And, um, you know, that, that was one of the things that attracted me to the job. But, I, I, you know, you stop thinking about it once you get on the job. But it is uh, – well, a lot of TV shows are based off of it and movies and stuff. Yeah, I grew up in uh, New Jersey. I was born in Boot, New Jersey, right, right outside uh, – not that far away from the city. And growing up, I always wanted to be a cop uh, as long as I can remember. You know, I wanted to be a soldier and I wanted to be a cop. And that's one of the reasons I joined the Army because I eventually wanted to be a cop. But uh, it turns out that after all the travels, I ended up going to the Fed world. But uh, I used to always look back then. It was uh, this was the early 90s. And it used to be like what they had the housing authority cops and then they yeah, transit. transit and, yep, yep. And it was like I think it was like 19 grand a year. And I was like, oh, wow, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time I went up to uh, to talk to somebody in the FBI. It was in Tower 2 in the World Trade Center. They had an office there. And I remember walking into the office with my partner. And, you know, here we are. You know, we're working in the Warren Squad. We have, like, uh, we're, you know, in jeans and, uh, mm -hmm. and these cow hard jackets, a uh, uh, vest underneath it with a, with a baseball jersey, you know, a baseball hat. You know, and uh, we walk in this, and this guy, they got the carpet, like, it's got the American uh, – 
the eagle on it. Yep. There's air conditioning. And there's like a desk with a receptionist. And they escort us in. And everybody's got their own little cubicle. It's carpeted. And they got pictures of their family. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> work environment. You have to come to see where I work. I have yeah. to use a piece. I used to use a baseball bat to hit the wall three times just to get the rats out of the room so I can go into the lunchroom. <laughs> I, uh, well, you know, we could tell FBI stories all day long. If they're not stealing your case, then they, they used to back in the day. This was even early 2000s is when they wrote their 302s, their forms, they would have like their uh, their admin staff type their reports for them and they would dictate. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I can't even imagine that. That's what it's Joe a- Pistone did. He didn't type his stuff. He called the guy on the phone oh, and gosh. told it. And the guy, I guess, typed it or recorded it. But, uh, you know, something – let's get get to the chase, too. The NYPD and the feds never liked each other. No. And maybe guys that work like Joint Terrorist Task Force, Joint Bank Robbery Task Force, maybe they get along with the feds. But most cops, like, when they came up to Manhattan North, I was in homicide. We looked at them like, dude, here, go get me, go get me a coffee. Are you kidding me? You well, know? <laughs> No, you know, I'm serious. I'm you know, serious. You know, one time they came to our office when I was in Warrens and they wanted to go on a hit in Washington Heights. And, um, you know, we we, we, we were, were listening to the attack plan and we're all looking at each other like, this isn't going to work at all. Because what they, what they did, it, what they did and they just wanted us on the peripheral was they drove down the block. They parked their cars. They went into their trunk. They put on their flag jackets. They got their weapon, and then they all started going in through the front. And I'm like, "This is a block where they do hand. They sell kilos in the street, hand to hand kilos. They deal in the street. They have lookouts on the roofs with binoculars, and they have walkie talkies. They tell each other that you know they know every single police car in the freaking uh, command. You know what I'm saying? And you're okay. gonna try. This is what you're gonna try and do." So we just laughed. We just laughed, and we stayed on the peripheral, and then we just went back. To, we went back to breakfast. I'm not gonna. Uh, my last time busting the FBI, I'm gonna hear it all day. I don't know if she's watching this right now or not. But anyway, uh, when I used to, I was on a height of task force. Like when you say you're on task forces, that's a lot of times when you get to the ground level, the ground truth, what's going on out there. And we had to work this case with the FBI because um, he had the informant, and they show up. And this is a uh, this is height of San Diego, so it's pretty popular, pretty. Um, pretty active and they show up all of them have broncos like old school broncos that was supposed to be their vehicle that they're gonna blend in the environment and like two of them had like cardigan sweaters on and i'm like you're showing up to do dope deals with cardigan sweaters on and we're driving the same vehicles but different colors and i was just like oh my gosh hey um since we you know this is um an interesting time to have you on the show because you are actually a, a border patrol agent and right now we are at at the border it's hard to get a real idea of what's actually going down if you if you read fox news daily there's a there's a crisis there's a an urgency there's you know it's it's just it's very very bad at the border and then if you listen to uh another news uh Mm -hmm. station you'll hear nothing about it at all so what do you what do you think is going on down there do you know no, you're not going to see what's going on right now. Traffic is up 560% in certain areas. Uh, the unaccompanied children coming across the border, 163%. And there's nowhere. I, I, have to, I have to explain the border so people understand how the whole process works. Because it's, it's amazing that nobody understands how complex it really is. Um, so you have someone coming across the border. We're going to say a single adult comes up across the border. Um, 2,000 miles. So East Coast, think about going from Maine to Miami on Route 95. That is the actual size of the border. And that's how much you would need to have fences and technology and agents. Right now on the Southwest border, I think we have about 16,000 agents. Remember, this is these operations go 365 days, 24-7, three shifts. And that doesn't include, you know... Um, taking people out for management, for leave, for everything else. So you have that finite amount of agents to patrol that much border. And a border isn't like, hey, you know what, I'm going to go. It's not like a city block where you know where you're going to be able to find people. This is such a a, a porous area to come across that you could be like hundreds of miles and not see a person, not see a thing. 
So that border is crazy, man. It is absolutely crazy. But Jason, the, the yeah. big thing about it is the, <clears throat> the politics of it, which is disgusting. They're, yep, absolutely they're, not, they're disgusting. not protecting the American people. They're not no. protecting the people that live there. The press does not report it because they're all for the left. And it's it's disgraceful. Report well, if, the story, you know? Yeah, but if you go down there, if they do report it, they're doing a daytime shot next to a fence, just like that picture right there. They'll go up next to a fence and take a picture during the day when you're not going to have as much traffic coming across, the dangerous type of traffic. Now, you're going to see the family units and and mass migration coming through the day because they see, like, I don't know if the audience can see that picture of a family unit. Um, a family will come up to the border. They'll say, hey, you know what? Um, they'll go to a, the port of entry or they'll go up, a border patrol agent will find them. They're going to get processed. And when they get processed, they'll get issued a notice to appear. And that means a notice to appear in front of an immigration judge. Now, that gives them the leeway of, you know, before we could keep them detained for up to a certain amount of time. When it comes to family units, you can only keep them detained for 20 days based on the Flores uh, agreement or amendment. So they were, after that 20 days, they would be released into the United States, given handed a piece of paper, and then they were supposed to show up by themselves on their own fruition to an immigration court. How many do you think are actually showing up? None of them. So no, none of none them. Of them. Yeah. Now we don't have, we have catch and release. You catch them, you release them into the interior of their country, and everybody gets their, their chance to see an immigration judge. Guess how many immigration judges we have right about now? <laughs> I'm sure almost none. We have, for, well, think about it this way. We have a million plus backlog cases, and that's, that's a low number. So we have 490 judges to see all these new cases coming in, if they actually show up, and then for the backlog cases, 490. And, oh, by the way, the judges work for a whole, work for the Department of Justice. All the border operations work for Customs and Border Protection. And, oh, by the way, we have Health and Human Services who deal with all the kids coming across by themselves. So you have three different agencies, three different bureaucracies, and then you have the political shitstorm. Uh, can I swear? Well, well, Jay, yeah, you can yeah. say, Jason, you know something. Let's let's really call it what it is. In this new administration, the vice president who he put in charge of the board hasn't been there. Nope. I mean, so you can see it's a damn joke. The it's border czar, joke. The, the border czar hasn't been there in sixty four days or sixty five days since. I don't think she's been there since the administration started. No. Hey, Bill, just so you know, you've had this picture up for a while now um, on the screen. Yeah, he, he was talking about it. So um, yeah. all right. I wanted to keep it up there so they could see what was. Uh, yeah. And that and, you know, that was you could that was a I remember when that picture came out and it was um, this was under the Trump administration. They were trying to say that it was I think it was by the, uh, the San Isidro port of entry. And that's where the, the family units were staging the kind of rushed the border. And they were trying to disperse them back to Mexico. And they shot a, a, a canister out there, and they were saying, oh, they're shooting rubber bullets at kids. But uh, it doesn't – in reality, if they come up to the border and claim asylum now, they're going to get their day in court. Because remember, the asylum officers are not law enforcement. So they have to do the interview uh, of these people and determine whether or not they're lying to them. So it's this whole thing. And let's take out the, the variable of South America. South Americans, Central Americans, Mexicans, take all them out of the variable. When you have other countries, uh, let's say a special interest alien country, somewhere where they could be potentially bad actors, a lot of them transit in through Dubai into Brazil, and then they jump on uh, the southwest corridor traffic routes and are right up to our southwest border. When they get to our southwest border, they do the same thing. They go up to the border and say, I'm here to claim asylum. Oh, by the way, um, these people – and, you know, you're, you're police. I want to look at this as the micro level. You have, Let's say you have an alien coming in from Somalia, and it's a single male. He gets to the southwest border. The Border Patrol takes him, um, brings him in, and processes him. An ICE uh, intel officer goes and talks to this person. And when they talk to them, they say, hey, by the way – how could you afford the twenty thousand uh, dollar it costs to get a plane ticket and come up? And so many of the stories would be something like, "Oh, my mom sold a car. We sold land. We did this." It's like small face. 
Yeah, it's it's like crazy, man. It's, it's exactly like it's like that. And he goes, "I'm cl I'm claiming political asylum." How do you, mm -hmm. you get the scar in your yeah. face? Well, because they're gonna yeah, be exactly. they're gonna be indentured servants, and they're gonna be have to pay off these cartels for years who sponsored well, them to come in. Well, I'm talking. Let's let's take that. Let's take those variables out, and let's talk about the Somalian again. Now, the the ICE officer runs him through all the databases. Everything NCIC um, hits up Interpol, runs everything we have on him, and says, "Oh, there's nothing there." So he gets his, he goes to see the asylum officer. They give him one of those notices of peers, or, or they give him some other paperwork to come in for a review later on, and he's off. He's off into the interior of the United States, and a lot of times we'll fly him there. Now, you know just as well as I do, if you've never been encountered by law enforcement, you've never been in, encountered by the IC, the intelligence community. You don't have a record. You could be in any terrorist camp. You could be in anywhere. But if you don't, if you've never been encountered, never had your picture taken, and never had any suspicious activity, now you're bam, you're here. And I'm not trying to be, be one of these people who are like conspiracy theorists, this, that, or whatever. But it, you know, it only takes one, or it only takes nineteen. But how many have come across the border from these areas oh, that just aren't it. good people? Forget about it. Forget about it. <laughs> and it's not, it's not just that. Even you know the MS13s. Yep, that's the, Sal the Salvatruchas. All mm -hmm. these people that get into this country, they just set up camp. How yep. many people are coming in every day? Oh, you know, you know. While we're on here, pull up. I'll, I'll pull up some it's stats like real quick. People coming in a day, I think something like that. Some yeah, it's crazy amount. And you know, if if everybody out there, you can. These uh, here's something interesting. You know, the idea that we have when we watch the news is when we think about these migrant caravans, that they're they're walking all the way from wherever it is they come. They're not, from, nope. You know, and then you see people sitting there at the point of entry, and uh, they have a fully charged cell phone. They're yep. not sweating. They don't look like they missed a meal. Uh, fully hydrated. So they're basically just getting a ticket to get to the closest you know, place that they can get to that border and then probably taking a cab and jumping out. Thanks. You know, an Uber, they could take an Uber to the border and, and, uh, and, and go kill, claim asylum. I'm, I'm not even kidding. It's, no. It's and that's what the, the sad thing about it is you're not kidding. And, you know, think about it this way. I mentioned, you guys mentioned, I was a captain and I was an infantry captain. I did a tour in Iraq, um, but just logistics to moving a division of people, let's say 3,500 soldiers or whatever. Um, or battalion brigade, whatever you want to call it. Think about the hundreds of thousands, millions that are coming from South America, picking up Guatemala and, and cruising up here. The logistics, you know, the sanit just think sanitation. Where do they all take a shit? They're they're setting up camps everywhere. I mean, this is just I mean, literally food, well, water, everything on our way up here. Jason, I want to I want to ask you a big question. That's mm -hmm. let's and we know this gets political because this new administration is just letting them flow through the borders like why are they doing it let's let's ask the why why foothold amnesty they want to get here um think about it this way no why are the democrats doing it why are they allowing this it, it, it's eventually going to be it's going to be voters we know that it, instant democrats right instant. instant democrats instant instant population well that's, you know, that's going to sway a lot of these people are coming from places where um you know, you don't know what their political history is. They could be conservative no. from wherever they're coming from. Do you know how many Trump supporters are over there in, in, in these other countries? Mm -hmm. None. <laughs> no, 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 a lot. A lot. A no, lot. But the, the reason they'll vote Democrat is because they're being allowed into this country by yeah, Democrats. Yeah, but that doesn't mean they're going to vote for that. That's like yeah. that's like when you're saying, oh, we're letting, uh, you know, Florida's letting all these people in, all these. From Cuba? Uh, yeah. And think about the Cubans. I love, I love when I interview Cubans. I love it because they're like, screw that. We don't want socialism. We don't want this shit. We want strong borders. You Even know? in Mexico, they have a, they had a huge, huge, huge uh, Tijuana. Yeah. But the huge Trump support in mm -hmm. Mexico. Tijuana did not want to see this hundreds of thousands of people coming up to the Southwest border. Not at all. And think about it. Tijuana, you know, there's bad areas. There's bad areas every, everywhere, but there's money down there. A lot of narco money, a lot of real money, because there's a lot of corporations right across the border, like legit corporations. Well, you know, Bill mentioned this. He mentioned <laughs> being sponsored by the cartel to come to this country. What about the people that are sponsored by, I don't know, um, maybe some pro progressive group? 
wherever you are, there's a sign-up sheet. Come, we'll pay for your yeah. flight. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? We'll pay for uh, you. You'll be housed, food, and you'll get into the country. Just a progressive group with these, you know, these massive fundings, um, well, backed by Soros or whoever you could. I don't know, Bill Gates, whoever you think of. Well, and that's what the funny thing is. Like, I shouldn't say it's funny, but the Soros and Bill Gates are just one part of the billionaires that are out there that want to sway whatever public opinion or, or sway whatever they want to do. Now that the, I, the Southwest border, man, it's just, they, everybody wants to get across the border now because there's no, they're thinking that amnesty is going to come amnesty either via executive order or through immigration reform. And there's nothing going to happen when it comes to immigration. Don't don't when you it comes think to politics. it would have been a, a great excuse to close down the borders if you would have just given amnesty to the people that are already in the country? You would have gained the favor for everybody. There's no more illegals. Just come out. Obviously, if, you, if you're if you wanted or if you have a, a criminal history, you're probably not going to get the, uh, the amnesty. You're probably going to get deported. But anybody else who's here working legit and has been here for whatever time, Give them amnesty, and this way you have a justification for shutting down the border. Let's straighten out this mess that we have here. Let's make sure we make all these people Americans. That's what should have been done. I, I'm not going to say I don't agree with you, um, but there's got to be a vetting system in place. There's got to be some sort We're of – We're already work. here. Yeah. We're I'm just saying, like, if, hey, if you're, you're going to give here. someone a lawfully a lab or a green card or something like that, there's got to be some way to bring them in and document them to make sure that they're not criminals, not sex Yeah, yeah but, you know, Jason, when does the U.S. taxpayer say enough? We're done paying for these people. Then they come up with these progressive ideas like comprehensive basic income. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Human, a, who's going to work? Nature, right, who is going to work? Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Human nature is about motivation. I'll be you like, hey guys, someone... wanna, I'm doing a 24-hour podcast because I don't have to work. I'm just going to hang in my yeah. basement. You guys can watch and, it. And think about it. They, they're inviting all these people in, and then they're also giving $300 a week to people to still not work. So who do you think is going to fill up these jobs that are that are these these Americans that are here? They're gonna that money's going to get cut off. Florida already cut off the money. Uh, that that guy, he's I love that guy. I love he's that just, guy too, man. He, he I just, hope he's he said, the next nominee for he just, president. He just cut it's off. Been, yeah. He, he will. He just cut off the three hundred dollars. You're not allowed to get it anymore. And he, he's also bitch slapping tech. He's he's oh, yeah, because, yeah, 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 because they're uh, yeah you're allowed you know, to sue Facebook now. Right, they're silencing that little that guy Zuckerberg. He's the biggest weasel on this earth. You know he well, grew up. He grew if up. If the in screen West goes Chester blank, you know what happened. Yeah, yeah, they shut us down. Hey, it happens hey, let's, in lots let's, of ways. Let's talk law enforcement in the Southwest border. Let's just talk about the Southwest border and its effect on federal law enforcement. Now, you have, uh, let's say, millions of people coming up to that southwest border, getting ready to come across, came across hundreds of thousands. In order to process each one of those bodies, you need a body to process. So you need a law enforcement officer to go and data, putting in data, running fingerprints, stuff like that. Now, well, officers, you should you should defund the police because they don't need that money no, to do that. They should have the politicians do that. You know. Well, defund, defund. Yeah. The Office of Personnel <laughs> Management, and this goes all federal ways, everywhere. The Office of Personnel Management runs the federal government hiring and all the other, like you know, all this crap. Put out a, a thing a few couple months ago and wanted volunteers to go to the Southwest border from every federal agency. I think now all these law enforcement agencies, including ICE. Sending people to the southwest border to process, to process, to process, to process, to care for unaccompanied alien children, to help that whole thing. Now, when you take all these people from their jobs, who's doing their jobs? Let's say you have a high-speed uh, Homeland Security Investigations agent who's running a, uh, a massive child pornography case. Uh, he's going after 20, 30 targets, and all of a sudden he gets pulled to go work on the southwest border. What happens to those uh pornographers and everybody else nobody's investigating so you're taking these resources from everywhere from new york from maine from anywhere and sending them to the southwest border all those cases you don't you know just as well as i do in the law enforcement world if you're working a big case it's your case it's your baby um and trying to hand that off to someone else that someone else is gonna be like i got my 20 other cases i'm working that thing goes off to the side so you're pulling all Jason, these resources Jason, you know something i feel you and i agree with that but in new york we have a DA who's leaving 
has blamed this whole thing on COVID. So they are just they are out of their mind, these people. They're <laughs> nuts. They are really out of their we mind. Had, we had a guest on the other night named Sean Connerboy. He was on the subway and he saved a lady from getting stabbed to death. He I saw that. So um nobody called him. The mayor didn't exactly. call him. Not outrageous. The governor didn't call him. Uh the police commissioner didn't call nobody called him to say thank you. Nobody gave him an attaboy. Nobody gave him the key to the city for crying out loud. This is a good Samaritan that put his life on the line, knowing that the, that perpetrator had a, a, a knife and he, she got stabbed all up here in the chest. He was trying to kill her and uh, nothing, nothing. Could you imagine that? The mayor didn't call him the governor. Well, he's collecting his five million on his book and taking attaboys for his COVID policy, you know, and then, but the PC, not even the PC. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's you get good press when you praise mm -hmm. someone. Send them a text message or something. <laughs> Send them a, with an emoji. Yeah, uh, not exactly. even nothing. Not even an emoji, yeah, like a thumbs up. Emoji. Like, hey, good job. Good job. But Jason, what we're getting at is it's the whole philosophy of this woke, progressive nonsense that's taken over our government. I swear to God, I want to move to Florida just because of DeSantis. I get New York. You want to see the clowns that are, are running now. for New York City mayor? I'm going to show you because I keep this picture always in the queue just so everyone can see. This is nine clowns running for the Democratic oh, nomination. It, it's, it's horrendous. These two over here, the one over here, I don't even know her name. She made the statement that there's no correlation, correlation between safety and the police. Get out of here. Go to Seattle. You know, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Almost knocked my light over. I'm getting so this one here, Maya Wiley. She is a total, total like defund the police person. Uh, and the guy yeah. up on the, the right here, another moron defund the police. He's the New York City controller. This guy, uh, what's his name? Lang or Wang. He has also clueless. He likes comprehensive basic income. These people are out of their mind. Uh, you know, it's what. You know, what I like, you know, <laughs> I don't even know where to go. You know, New York, man. And I'm, when you said bring up Florida, I'm like, it's listen, not just New York. It's the whole damn country. There's it's not enough. Room. You know what? Did you see that thing about um, make America Florida? Yeah. <laughs> this is the truth. Did you see that, Bill? I didn't see it's it. The thing, it, says, it says make America Florida. I've got a. Uh, I've got nineteen. I'm looking right now. I got nineteen months and uh, seventeen days left till I can retire, and Florida and Texas don't mess with your federal retirement. So I'm like, hmm. But you know something? They, if they get these woke people from California moving to, to Texas, they're yeah. gonna flip. They're Texas gonna flip gonna a flip red flip state it, blue. Yeah. I mean, yeah maybe not. Maybe not. People learn. I don't people know. Learn. I don't know. People Florida's in the, li people right in the live chat say, go don't also, also, don't forget, too, that you know they, they move out of one state and go into another. They can come close to flipping that other state, but maybe the other, like New York, for example. You get rid of all these people fleeing. There's a lot of people here that are uh, uh, Republicans that, that voted for Trump, even in New York City. But you, mm -hmm. couldn't, you couldn't beat them. You couldn't overwhelm them. Uh, and who knows what the hell happened. But... Upstate, you get out. You you just get out of New York. You can drive a little might, bit. You know where where, where uh, Bill lives. I might have there. to go back to Jersey and run for Congress. No, I think Jer Jersey. You're, you're right, but Jersey's big time blue state too. They got a, yeah. a, knuckle, a knuckle headed governor there too. Is that what you want to do? You have political aspirations? I don't know, man. I I just I can't keep watching nothing happen here, man. I can see it. I can see it with the tattoos. That's the way you got to roll, though. Yeah, don't I gotta go the, don't go with the suit and don't try to get nah. uh, all of a sudden clean up your act. Go in just like that. No, nah, this is me. This when you're gonna. I'm not gonna. You, you ever you ever watch the border control guy? I forget his name. He's a big guy and he goes into Congress, and he gets so frustrated. Yeah, he was talking, I love yeah, he, AOC was saying things. Yeah, he, he goes, buried oh, home oh, no one, no one that crosses the border is breaking any laws. And, and then he, he says, the "Yes, they, like, they are. They are illegally <laughs> crossing the border. That is a crime." It's an actual law. And why don't they talk about who started all these like really tough laws? Was Clinton in nineties, man? That's when when I first was gonna when I got out of the army in the nineties, I was gonna go into the U.S. Border Patrol, um, but I ended up going to college instead. But that's when a massive hiring started, is because the border was getting crazy blown away. And they try to say the fences don't work, but 
Think about it this way. If you're in anybody who's not familiar with San Diego, there's a 14 mile fence and it goes from the, the ocean all the way up 14 miles in. And before that, it was like the wild west. Is, is that the fence? That's it, right. Well, that's, I think that's a pier. It's not really the fence. Okay. Uh, it's close to it. Yeah. You know, what uh, I think about the fences is that. Yeah. It's just like, it's just like that. Fence, if you have a fence, what happens is that people that are looking to get into the country to cross the border, they're not going to go to that area to try to cross the border there because you have a fence. Mm -hmm. So that means that your area is safe from all the other crimes or all the other unknown yep. people that could come in there and commit crime. They're going to go and do whatever they got to do somewhere else. Yeah. And that's the thing about those fences and uh, like the 14 miles Chula Vista, a suburb of San Diego was right there. You cross the border, you're right into it. And before there was so much traffic, human traffic coming across. Um, and ever since that fence came up, they put up development after development, pumping in millions and millions of dollars in construction and taxes and everything else you want. I mean, so it became a prosperous area. Everybody else crossed on the other side of the, the fences. But, you know, I was uh, I always like to tell people I was former infantry. So we always try to funnel, quote unquote, the enemy or traffic into certain areas. And that's where you put your bodies. That's where you put your technology. That's where you put your infrared sensors. Uh -huh. That's uh -huh. where you put your thermals. That's where you put your sensors. That's where you put your agents. And you'll still have to patrol the fence line, but you're funneling traffic. And it's Jason, also Jason, keep that thought. We have to go to commercial. OK, ladies uh, and gentlemen, listen up. Guys and gals, we are sponsored by the best hot sauce in the world. Silk City Hot Sauce is made in small batches using pure ingredients. Locally grown peppers are the foundation of every single bottle of Silk City Hot Sauce. Uh, they have many different flavors from mild to wild. You can check it out at SilkCityHotSauce.com. Trust me when I tell you it's delicious. It's yummy. I have it every day. And we'll, if you put in OTC... And the coupon code OTC for off the cuff, you'll get a 15% discount. And trust me when I tell you, it'll spice up your food and you'll be very happy I told you that. All you New Yorkers tired of the tax increases that are coming, sick of the politics in New York City, the governor making five mil while he's at work. I wish I could have done that as a police sergeant, make five million writing a book while I'm working. Anyway, Carol Waters is a realtor down in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. She's part of the Beach Realty Group. She worked as a bartender for 20 years at Fitzpatrick's Hotel in Manhattan. Her husband, Rob Mayen, is a former NYPD cop that rolled over to the fire department. They're two of the top real estate salespeople down in Myrtle Beach. Carol Waters, realtor, give her a call at 914-261-6681 or reach her by Myrtlebeach at gmail.com. If you guys are going to get in trouble from watching our show and getting actually acting out some of our suggestions, you may need an attorney. And the the lawyer who we're recommending is Joseph W. Murray. He's a big supporter of Police Off the Cuff. He has a website, joe at jmurray-law.com. Great guy, retired member of the service, and I recommend Joe Murray very highly. And all you folks that are in the live chat, thank you guys so much. For um, supporting police off the cuff, twelve step. What's that? I said, who do we got out there? We got lots of people. Spirits Heart, Richella and Peter Pranzo, of course. Harlem Raiders, Dawn Marie, Ryan Investigative Group, MC Studio, twelve Princess Mitch, Joan Guerrero, twelve step woman. Yep. Stephen Washkel, the great Doctor Stephen Washkel, Spirits Heart again. Uh, all you folks supporting us, John Guerrero, you said that a lot of repeats here. 12-step woman again. Christopher Strom is here. Uh, he's all the way from Virginia, too. Dawn Marie. And uh, all you guys, thank you so much. Spirit's heart. Thank you so much for supporting Police Off the Cuff. Hey, thank you so much for all the positive feedback that we got on our uh, interview with uh, Joe Pistone. It's, uh, you guys were great for uh, your response and uh, the thing is blowing up, and we appreciate that. All the way from Russia, Anna Shipoloskaiva. I can't even say that name, but I tried my best. <laughs> you did good, though. Seth Magabone. <laughs> Seth, Seth Magabone. He's messing with us. Former <laughs> 82nd Airborne. Hoorah, hoorah. 
<laughs> I don't know how you guys are putting me on after Joe Pistone. I mean, come on. Hey, you came on after what a guy to follow, huh? I, I mean, know. What, a, what a, like a legend, like a Absolute superstar, legend, you know? man. And he took a he took a lot of ribbing, and he he was great with it, you know. <laughs> so what? Uh, so you, when you when you worked at the Border Patrol, tell us tell us what a day on patrol is like, just so our audience knows. Like uh, they know what a a lot of we have a lot of former cops. We know what a cop day is like. What is a Border Patrol agent day like? Now my days in a Border Patrol a while ago, but I still keep a lot of good friends over there. So you could be like, you know, our station had, when you were just regular line agent, you would either be processing one day, meaning all these bodies coming in, or one day you're sitting in a, a truck watching a fence rust, make sure no one's jumping over it. But I was lucky enough to be by the Tijuana Mountains. So, the, you know, for a lot of time, I was able to go up and track. So you'd go up, a sensor would go off, and then you would track out a group of aliens. And you'd track and track and track until you found them. Um, and that was the best part of the job. And it was just, you know, it's just, you never know what you're going to run into. You're going to run into a family. You're going to run into a felon. You're going to run into a gang member. You're going to run into, you know, someone needs help. Someone needs water. Someone needs this. Someone needs that. And someone's going to run. Someone always runs. That's why the best thing to do is always sneak up on them behind them so they can't run back to Mexico. But anyway, the, uh, they're running towards the border, though, right? Because once they cross the line, that's it. They're in. Yeah. Once they cross the line, they're in. I mean, I mean but now, but back then, if you arrested them, they could get, you know, if let's say, so if someone comes across the border and they have a felony and they've been deported before, like actual deported, not just returned, voluntary return, you could actually charge them federally. So those are the types that really don't want to get caught. They're the ones that are like, hey, you know what? I can go and do two, three years, depending on, you know, who's catching them. So, you know, it just depends. I was lucky enough later on to work just a mountain unit. I worked the mountains for a while, and then I got right before I got out. About six months before I got out, I did the uh, Altorian vehicle unit, so I got to drive ATVs at midnight um, on the uh, on the base. So it was fun, man. Are you by yourself, or are you with a partner? Uh, nine times out of ten, uh, at least back then, you were by yourself. Now the ATV unit, you know, you have a whole group of us, but a lot of times you go out and check out the traffic by yourself, and then call in backup if you need it. Like Jason, what's what's the morale like of the Border Patrol now since they basically had their balls cut off by this administration? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what their morale is like right now. You know, it really is. It's, it's you know, especially ICE. You know, I spent a lot of my career in ICE and the enforcement. And, and they, they were being demonized. 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 These American yeah. heroes were being demonized by these politicians. When I it's, used almost to like the, it's almost like when the New York City Council demonizes police officers. I feel like going into their meeting and Abolish slapping ice. the shit out of every one of them, you know? Abolish ICE. And I used to tell people, I'm like, you know, you have no idea what the hell you're talking about. And they're like, well, we can no. start something new. Because ICE ice is a, it's made up of old DOJ, INS special agents, uh, deportation officers back then, and then also customs special agents. So 40% of the ICE charter is immigration. So that's falls under enforcement removal operations. And then you have Homeland security investigations. So anything that has a border nexus, anything that has a nexus to international HSI investigates it. So when they're saying abolish ice, they're really saying abolish people who are do, going after child pornographers, child exploitation, money owners, narco traffickers, everything. Terrorism as well. Yeah, terrorism. They they because do after one munitions. Happens after we have a terrorist attack because we're 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 years removed right now, mm -hmm. but we were getting hit with a, 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 more than a few terrorist attacks from other countries here, and everybody wanted to know what is the FBI doing? What is the Border Patrol what doing? What, what, are, doing? what are they doing? Well, you know, we wonder what the FBI has a total different uh, agenda these days. You know, uh, you know I'm they, they not just even go. Going they just that. go after Republicans that they, you know they, they don't they don't do their job because they're being directed by a political agenda. It's disgusting. Well, that's what the lying agent, and that's the morale that I really care about. I don't, we all know that a lot of times the cream of the crop doesn't rise to the top. A lot of times it's shit. I mean, it's the same way in the federal government. A lot of those little you know they have their little mafias where they move up in the ranks and they pull all their shit with them. And you'll, that's the same way in the federal government. A lot of people, the grass isn't greener if you jump from one agency to the next. I've been in four or five different agencies over the past 20-something years. And I've always seen 
some of the same type of people rise at the top. It's few, few, few and far between that you're going to have a solid leader at the top who's going to take shit for his troops. They used to say on the NYPD, when you made sergeant, they took one ball. When you made lieutenant, they took the second. And when you made captain, you were you you were a eunuch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll never I'll never get promoted in the government. And that's the thing, same thing when I was in the army. I'm never gonna get promoted. I'm not one of those people. I mean, who's gonna promote this guy? You know, it's like I could talk all shit all day long and be truthful about it, but they don't you don't want it was that old uh, adage, Jack Nicholson, you can't handle the truth. Because when right. you start really talking about morale and you really start talking about, hey, we need to boost these people up or we're going to lose them, uh, you're finding people leaving the federal government five, six years in now. Some people 10, 12 years in. It used to be like, hey, you know what? You get in the Fed, your foot's in the door. You're going to do your 20, 25 in law enforcement. You're going to get out. You're going to get a good pension. Uh retirement. But now I'm seeing people leaving all day long for non-federal jobs. Well, like you say, like you say, the rank and file, they're still doing their job. But when you saw guys like Strzok and McCabe and Comey, it was really disheartening to see those three, you know, especially Strzok. Strzok was a disgrace. And he's a a veteran. He was an army veteran. I didn't know that. I, I, uh, says, uh, Jason Piccolo is, uh, is a true patriot. And thank you for your service to our nation. And thank you, Police Off the Cuff, for having him on. That's very nice. Yeah, thank you. I think that he's got, he shows that he's got balls to follow Joe Pistone. So I know. We're gonna, we're, I didn't we're know gonna, that. I would have been like, going to give him a purple guys, heart, I, a Police Off the Cuff purple heart for following Joe you Pistone. You better. I better get a coffee <laughs> mug or something, man. Holy crap. I got to get some of that swag you got we, going we, back we, there. We, so we like, actually have to do, you know, we, we're all out of our mugs because. We ordered the well, we did it all wrong. That was our first thing of swag. It costs more money to ship that it mug does. than it did to buy it. You know, you know, I'm sure I know drop shipping. It. Yeah, yeah, drop shipping, man. And we that's a whole conversation for another day trying to uh support podcasts. But no, and you know, my claim to fame is like, you know, I thought we'd maybe touch on it real quick because I've talked about it a million times. Go ahead. Go ahead. But uh you know, if you Google me or, you know, look me up anytime before 2017, 2018, you won't find anything because there wasn't anything out there. I was never doing media. But, you know, in 2015, I used to work for this White House Security Council. I used to work for the, um, the Department of Homeland Security's Human Smuggling Cell. And I think there was about 13 or 14 of us. And we were charged with stopping all that little kid traffic coming across the border, all the smuggling. And uh, when I found out that all these little kids coming across the border... And they're not all MS-13s. I, I hate when people say that. A lot, Some of them were, but not all of them. We're talking like little tender-age kids coming across the border by the thousands, by the thousands. And coming in, ICE gets them, gives them Health and Human Services. Health and Human Services gives them to a sponsor facility, contractor facility who's giving these kids off to criminals. And not all of them are criminals. Not all these sponsors are criminals. But I found out that a lot of them were. And so I said, why are, how are we releasing these kids of criminals? And why aren't we getting them back into our custody? I'm like, you know, just as well as I do, we can run an op and get the last known addresses, almost like a fugitive operations type thing, and get these kids, bring them back in our custody, and then remand them to a proper sponsor. It fell on deaf ears. So I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to, I legally blew the whistle on Obama and his, all of his people. And that's one of the reasons when all these pictures of kids, came out with the cages that's when i started doing fox i started doing tucker everybody you can imagine oan a million times i was because like you know what this has been happening since 2011 2012 it wasn't a trump problem and the reason i i want to go back a second i say legally blew the whistle because i went to the office of special counsel i didn't leak and i went through the senator charles grassley i went all over the place to get the message out there this is what really pisses me off about this current administration. I try, I tend to stay a little middle when it comes to a lot of politics stuff. I don't, I just tell you the facts that I know, but Senator Charles Grassley took my information and he made all these people coming in to pick up these little kids. He sponsors made them get their criminal histories done, made them get their fingerprints done, you know, uh, to make sure that they're not criminals in March of this year, they stopped that. They stopped doing criminal history checks on all these sponsors, stopped doing all that. So all these little kids 
what I say, the traffic's up 163% with little kids coming across the border. These sponsors aren't getting a criminal history strict. So how many of these little kids are ending up in sex offenders, sex traffickers, sex world, labor world, labor trafficking world? That is really what pisses me off. And that is kind of one of the reasons I'll talk about that all day long is because when these kids come across the border, their parents or whoever is bringing them, having them brought to the border. There was a video a couple months ago where they showed them dropping the little kids across the fence. Yeah. I think there were five. You saw that? And if anybody hasn't seen it, Google kids getting dropped across the fence. Or you know what? Use DuckDuckGo. Get off of Google. And um, these little kids are getting dropped and left there. And, you know, their parents or whoever might want to get these kids here. So when amnesty comes, that kid will be here. They say 60% of the kids coming across the border go to a familial relation. Where does other, where do those other 40% of the kids go? And that's the reason I want to talk about it. That's the reason I always bring it up whenever I do conversations like that. Because not only is a border broken when it comes to criminals and stuff, but now you got thousands and thousands and thousands of kids. Between the same five months last year and this year, last year 19,000 kids came across the southwest border. Under Trump this year, the same five month period, 46, 47,000 kids, 47,000 kids. You know, I'm a dad. I got, you know, when I blew the whistle, that's one of the big reasons I blew the whistle because I used to have a database and I could see the kids. They used to take pictures of the kids and these were babies, man, two to three year old kids getting released to these criminals. And my kids at the time were uh, six and eight. And I was like, fuck that. We're not going to do shit. I don't give a fuck. And that is why I will, and that's long story short, is that's why I will never get promoted in the U.S. government. Well, you know, Jason, all that stuff you said is very powerful and very true, but unfortunately, the press isn't reporting it. And that's no, that's not. you know they used they call you, you you're educated. They call the press the the fourth estate, right? And yeah. That's that's who's supposed to put the checks and balances on our government, and they're not doing their job because they're biased to one part of the government. Listen, I, uh, you know, I wrote a couple books, but unlike that dude from your place that's getting $5 million, I wrote those books to say what's going on at the Southwest border. And I priced them for like a penny over what they cost. Cause I don't, I don't make money on them. And Amazon makes me sell them for 99 cents. I don't care. I, all these podcasts, all these shows, I never made a dime off of it. And I never, I don't want to, I want people in your audience or anywhere else to know that shit's fucked up. We got to fix it. And the only way we're going to fix it is if we, you know, keep talking about it. Well, we're actually capitalists. Steve Cologne, thank you so much yeah. for that 99 super chat. As he's talking about, he doesn't care about money. Mark and I do actually, care about I, money. You know, <laughs> hey, um, can we, can we, is anybody recording right now? Because I could actually use some money. So, <laughs> hey, you know what? Um, if anybody does want to support Jason Piccolo, I am 902 subscribers right now on my YouTube channel. So if you can go over to the protectors and subscribe to the protectors to my YouTube channel, I'd be very much appreciated. Yeah, yo, Jason, yeah. You, you need a thousand before good things can start happening. That's what I'm saying. I'm at 902. I need some subscribers. Yeah, absolutely. It's an interesting thing. Getting to the thousand is difficult. It and then is. once you get over that thousand, then the rest of it comes up. I don't know. You just wake up every day. It's it's still not easy, <laughs> but it, 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 it it's, it's still not. It's still not. But yeah. we, you know, we gained uh, two thousand more. It seemed like uh, within a couple of months, but building up to a thousand that was the problem. I've got nine hundred and nine right now. Boom. Yeah, you you, you know no, you really yeah, have you. to promote it. You got to say subscribe, hit the every bell, like the show. You know, every single uh, person that you meet, you know, what you do. You go, hey, you have YouTube on your phone, and they go, yeah. And they're like, give me your phone. Yeah, uh, exactly. you know, I'm gonna start doing that. Subscribe. That's what I was doing. You know what I'm doing this week? Hey, you know what I'm doing this weekend on Saturday? I'm going to the mall. I'm just gonna start walking around and be like, hey, put your mask on, take it off. Here, let me see your phone. Put your little <laughs> yeah. face ID on there. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. just go around. All I need is I, I I'm just gonna be like, look, I need 80. What are they doing in Washington in regards to because hey, you just got two subscribers from our fans. He said, oh, you got, boom. You got, Joe Reed. Now. Joe, if we'll I could do uh if Joe I could Reek. do it a reverse retired, dollar. Retired inspector, Joe Reek. Joe oh, Reek. Yeah. I walked into the uh, the supermarket today, and I noticed that nobody had. Uh, there was a, quite a few people that didn't have their mask on, so I just took mine off because I'm vaccinated. But uh, what, what's going on in Washington over there, where you're at with the masks? Yeah, it's you know you go actually walk around, um, you know, because I actually live in Virginia, 
So it's still kind of up in the air. It's nice because I don't wear the mask in a lot of places, but you go to the mall and stuff like that, you have the mask. I tend to stay away from all the public areas around here. So the bad thing is like when you go to the shooting ranges around here, you still have to wear a mask, um, which is a pain in the ass when you put your goggles on and all the other shit. But uh, it's, yeah. There's, there's, J- there's Jason, nice and handsome. Whatever. That's a good looking on. guy. huh? <laughs> Holy shit. My mom would be proud. I'm yeah. good from the from the neck up. And oh, here, wow. here, it's yeah, all, here yeah. he's all tatted up and diesel and stuff. Look at that. Oh, diesel. <laughs> you know what they used to say on the job? They used to say, uh, yeah, he's dead from the neck up. Yeah. <laughs> I remember we used to interview people in the um in the in the in the interview room. They would say, Oh, he's diesel. And I'd say, like me, and she'd go, No, not like you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know. I needed I needed this. I needed this tonight. This is good. <laughs> you know, you have to have a lot of laughs on your podcast. When you do, too, man. When it's Mine, too you straight, know, people are like, what the hell? Uh, you know, you gotta, I'm not going to. I did one on trafficking last night because that's my next book is actually going to be on domestic trafficking. And because I want people to understand about what's going on within our borders, within our towns, within our cities, within our suburbs, within the uh, the urban areas, every, everywhere. Uh, it's happening everywhere, and if you turn a blind eye to it, you're you're pretty much turning a blind eye to the kids and children and stuff like that. You know, just as well as I do, when you used to look at a prostitute, you used to think, hey, you know what? They want that life. That's their life. They're strung out. They're dope or whatever. But now when you throw these pimps in a variable and you throw in teenagers and young kids that are getting you know trafficked out there for sex, I'm just like, it blows my mind. So the next book is uh, – and I will solicit people who want to be interviewed – or in this police world, because my goal is to interview as many uh, cops, like real bona fide people who are on the street. Feds are great. I love feds because I'm a fed. But I want to talk to cops who work sex trafficking. I want to talk to them. I want to get their stories. And I plan on interviewing as many people as possible. Um, and I'm going to interview victims. I'm going to interview prosecutors. I'm going to interview the pimps themselves. Um, and then I'm going to interview the survivors. I'm going to show that there is an, there is a way out of the game. There is a way out of the life, and that's my next goal is to really shine a light on that. Well, a lot, of, a lot of blue states are legalizing prostitution right now, mm-hmm. which uh, brings us to a, a point where how do we know who's being trafficked if nobody's yep. being arrested? Exactly. How are you going to know if these blue if they're legalizing it and you go and arrest a pimp? How, you can't arrest a pimp. unless you. And how are you going to talk to a victim? Well, there's no becomes, being made. No, that's what I mean. You can't. If you know it's a house of prostitution, what are they doing in there? Unless you can articulate that there, uh, you know, there's probably drugs in there, or maybe in some states, drugs are legal too now. Uh, uh, firearms. Well, if it's just prostitution, well, that's not illegal. So, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of states are going towards that direction right now. So how yeah, we, we do? You know, uh, you know J- Jason, you you 100% hit that on the head. You're right. There's a the human trafficking thing. For, for the sex trade, if it's go- not mm-hmm. going to be prosecuted in most yeah. jurisdictions, it's going to be like human trafficking is yeah. legal, you know? And they'll go there. They will go to those jurisdictions to sell those victims. And, you know, I, I like to tell people it's not just, you know, this isn't happening in just the sleazy hotels. These are happening in main hotels. These are happening with people who have bank. You know, they have, there are people out there who will easily, Spend whatever two, three, five hundred dollars for to get a to get a victim and victimize them over and over again, and also children. A lot of people. I mean, obviously, your audience knows the reality of evil out there, but people paying to have sex with a child, you know, five times a day, ten times a day, over and over again. There are really sick sons of bitches out there. They're truly evil people out there, and we we don't live in a bubble. We, we kind of have this, you know, it took me a while to get out of my bubble. Um, but a lot of people are in that bubble. 320 million people in this country plus. Um, and how many millions and how many hundred plus million live in a bubble that they don't realize that little kids right, right this second. And they're probably in their town are getting fucked by an adult male, you know? And I, you I know, like Jason, say, it's all connected also to, this whole theme of decarceration, mm-hmm. you know, em- emptying the jails and prisons. There's another woke idea that in my mind is, is outrageous, you know, and you're right. When you talk about 
human trafficking. If no one's getting arrested, they don't want anyone in the jails or prisons. No one's getting punished. This is going to flourish. Well, there is a small, a tiny percentage of the population that is trying to um, kind of sort of explain away pedophilia. No, the fuck they, that. I don't. No, no, you know, is, but there is. I know they, they are. They're well, trying to say that. Oh, there was a Rutgers. There was a Rutgers so, University professor that wrote that. I saw that. I saw that. Horrendous. Yeah. That it should be legalized. This, I was there's no way, fucking, you know. this is a way to make that possible. Mm -hmm. If you're not going desensitization. to desensitization, if you're not going to arrest people for prostitution, you're never going to find out who's there against their will. No, nope, you're and not. Who's underage. And who are you going to believe? A kid who's been getting fucking, uh, not only are they getting, uh, someone's having sex with them, the, raped. raped. The word, they're getting yeah. raped and then they're getting strung out because the traffickers are going to keep them strung out. So who are you going to, who are you going to believe? Well, you, know? like you almost you have like a law, a law enforcement amnesty international that goes to rescue kids. That's what you're mm -hmm. going to need. You know, I, my, my proposal is, you know, you have an ATF. <laughs> You have a DEA, you have an FBI, but we don't have anybody dedicated to going after traffickers. You can have, and uh, the reason I say you need a dedicated force to do it is because every agency may be on a task force, a task force, but their, their homeland, their mother calls them back to do anything else. They pull them right from the task force. And we know, we know this, and I guarantee you a lot of the cops and everybody else out there, not all the cream of the crop gets put on a task force. No. no. So we need a, a damn agency that's going to go after traffickers, domestic traffickers, because if a hundred, let's say there's 150,000 kids, children, um, teenagers right now being trafficked in the United States at this very moment, is that not a problem that we can't just put a new agency together, cut rid of all this bullshit bureaucracy and go after them? Well, I, uh, I have a hard time trying to figure out how you're going to do that if you want to legalize prostitution. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't know how is yeah, that yeah. going to work? If you call up and you go, listen, I think the house next door is uh, they have prostitutes there because there's guys coming in in and out all day. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to visit that location. And Mark, no. Mark, you're 100 percent right. And how about the whole? You're not articulating a crime. No, the whole craziness of legalizing, you know, having sex with children. Where these these nuts. You're never going to find out what age they are because you're not going to be going over there. Yeah, you can't go in there. You can't go in there. So there's, it's, no, uh, there's no safety. There's no welfare. And now you're going to throw these social workers out there who have no idea what the hell's going on. Oh, the so and, social and, workers are brilliant. They're violence interrupters. They're going to they're going to solve true. all our problems. You know. Well, I, uh, I, you, know you know, my, always <laughs> double the manpower because okay. now, in order to uh, to bring this. Uh, clinician over there you're going to have to have a police escort because the situation may turn violent and then if it does then he's going to have to call for backup which is the original car that was going to handle this in the first place you know uh yeah there was a question seth hsi does go after sex traffickers i have a really really good buddy he's doing it all the time um but one thing ice had a job announcement my buddy sent it to me the other day and guess what it was for social workers <laughs> they're hiring hundreds of social workers yeah. man uh, yeah, we don't need to hire agents or officers. We need to hire social workers. We have a child graduating from college right now as a social worker. You used to look at him like, what the hell are you doing? But there's actually going to be a lot of jobs for social workers. So if there you're are. there and your child is graduating with a social worker degree. Hey, you're going you're gonna to have your foot in the door right there. You know, uh, Jason, we are at the almost the hour mark. Now I got to so, go for – I got another hour in me. Yeah, guys. I know you do. And <laughs> we probably could You're always welcome to come back. But uh, yeah, we'll definitely have you back. But you know, so uh, we, we raised you to nine hundred and twenty-one. Oh damn! Yeah. So look, man, you got uh, this isn't this is an open invite. I want both of you guys on my show soon. All right. I, well, absolutely. Look, we believe in cross pollination. Uh, so do I. You no, know, and, and that's yeah. the way. You Real know, something like that. I don't, have you gone on Jay Wiley's show? Yeah, Wiley. Oh, oh yeah, good, great man. guy, great guy. I put a, I help a lot of people get on his show because every single person. I've referred, he's loved. So I won't refer you to him unless, you know, he's going to love you. So uh, every oh, person yeah. I sent to him, yeah. <laughs> well, but you've already been on his show, so there's no point in me recommending you, right? You've already been there. It's been a while, though, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, maybe you have to go for sloppy mm -hmm. seconds. I don't know, you know. Yeah, but you uh, know. listen, 
All you police off the cuff fans, thank you so much for your support. Jason Piccolo is a is a American Patriot, Doctor, great guest, Dr. Jason, Dr. Jason. And you know, you're a CP. I used to be a CPP too, but I let it go because I was like, they want me to take courses. I'm a college professor. What the hell do I need? To <laughs> I know, man. Courses for you know. So I just uh, let I just let it drop, you know. But anyway, uh, you folks that have been supporting us, we really appreciate you guys. And Jason, you knocked him up from 908 to 921. Thank hell you, yeah. keep, keep thank you, everybody. Keep uh, subscribing to him. And Mark and I are very gonna very soon have a website connected to this. And uh, I I want to tell you a little secret. Joe Pistone and Bob Starkman asked to come on the show together. They want to come back. So they had so much fun. They want to come back. So uh, I guess we're doing something right. You know. Yeah, we're doing. Yeah, we're you doing, are. Um, to uh, Mike Cologne, MC Audio. He he was wondering how come he didn't get a he he didn't get a mug yet. Well, you should have showed up at the party. <laughs> That's no, right. We gave away was, the rest of our mugs at the what party. Was well, I wasn't <laughs> at the party. And also, Bill, I can't seem to comment. So the next time we do a show, like uh, you got to give me access to be able to comment as well. What on the on the live chat? Yeah, in the comments. Like I wanted to write back to MC Audio and say that in private, but uh, I can't. You know, Mark that. MC Audio. We both agree is going to be a superstar in no, broadcasting. I know, but still, so he, like. He's got he nerve. He's got nerve coming our way, you know. He should have been. He should have been. <laughs> He's going to sign a seven-figure contract <laughs> one of these days. If, you know? if I can think of anybody who was, uh, you know, should have been there and was missed was uh, MC Audio, Mike. That's for sure. So uh, yeah, thank you so much, Dr. Jason uh, Piccolo, for coming on the show tonight. You were great. Uh, you got a lot of fans out there. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, everybody. And we'll we'll definitely have you back, Police Off the Cuff fans. Thank you so much. On behalf of Mark DeMeo, Bill Cannon, and Dr. Jason Piccolo, good night. <laughs>